What is the Podcast of Matrix? The Podcast of Matrix is your source for podcast media hosting. Get your entire podcast library hosted now at podcastermatrix.com. When you hear the words Friday the 13th, what do you think of? While most will recollect a certain impossible-to-be-killed masked individual bearing sharp weapons of all kinds, there's another Friday the 13th that deserves attention. In 1987, Friday the 13th, the series, created a rich tapestry of completely original storytelling. Based on a series of curious, devilishly enchanted objects that must be recovered and returned to the vault to prevent truly dark fates from befalling their owners. This is the detailed revisit and review of the adventures of their reacquisition. Episode by episode. You won't find any hockey masks here. This is the Curious Goods Podcast from Two Guys Talking Horror. The world of billiards isn't just one that rich people play. Even the poorest got-nothing-nobodies can jump in with both hands, literally. All you need is a pool cue, some skill, and the tenacity to sink balls. Deep, long, and hard. There's no question that this episode is all about balls, shafts, and gorgeous ladies, as we wrangle a certain cursed-by-the-devil pool cue back into the Curious Goods vault. It's time for the Curious Goods podcast, a retelling, a revisit, and always educational review of each and every episode of Friday the 13th, the series. This time, Season 2, Episode 22... Wedding Bell Blues. Greetings, everybody. I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts. And I'm Nicholas J. Hearn, your other host. Nick, a ton to get to inside this episode, but first, some quick housekeeping. Another Danny Boy from St. Louis. Inside this episode, we're going to be talking about a Danny Boy. But I wanted to make sure that we talked about an episode of the My Big Fat Poll List, another podcast that you're featured on, that focuses on Danny O'Neill a recently lost comic book writer that has a whole bunch of history and detail that I think a lot of people inside this audience would also be interested in. Ah, yes, the great Denny O'Neill passed away beginning of June 2020, comic legend. And yes, uh, we we made sure that in one of our most current episodes of, uh, well, actually it's called Current Issues of the My Big Fat Pull List podcast, we, we wanted to pay tribute to his legacy and and the fact that we learned a lot looking looking up. I mean, we knew that he was responsible for some great work in oh, comics, yeah. Yeah. but we had no idea that he was born and raised here in St. Louis. Yeah, a legendary comic book writer gone, but will live on in the legacy created by the likes of this Nicholas J. Hearn and his cast over at the My Big Fat Pull List podcast. I want you to listen to that episode. Be sure to check it out over in the show notes for this episode. You can also listen to their entire library over at MyBigFatPullList.com. The Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. In time! Folks, if you're having a fun time with Nick and I here inside this podcast, I urge you, I beseech you. Behoove? Are we behooving people? You, might, I beseech all of you to check out the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, where Nick and I run through each and every episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on ABC and Hulu streaming as well. 
And this season is a ton of fun. If you hadn't followed the show previously, uh, or perhaps you were on it and then got off it, which I have a lot of friends that are that right now. Yeah, yeah. Where they, they for whatever reason, got off the series at whatever season slash episode. It's time to get back on because this final season is so much fun. And Nick and I are covering it from episode to episode over at Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV. Go check it out. Listen to those episodes. And again, if you have a lot of fun with this show, you're going to have a ton of fun with that program as well. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV. All right, enough of the housekeeping. It's time to jump with both hands into the retail of this episode, dealing with a devilishly cursed pool cue. Rack them up, Mike. I'm ready. It's time to retell Season 2, Episode 22. Wedding Bell Blues. Time for some billiards! In the Silver Dollar Pool Hall. A cool little kitsch pool hall in Nowheresville, Nova Scotia, Canada. Time to take a break of pool balls, that is. <laughs> The balls split this way and that. Balls go in one after another, and then it's Danny Boy's turn. He calls his shot and... Misses? Danny Boy's night is shot because he loses big. Double or nothing. Danny offers. Danny jacks the tip money from his girlfriend slash waitress slash fiance, Jennifer, and wants to win big. During the interlude, before the next game begins, Sally, you know, the only other waitress that heads to the back room to get some ice. And when she does, she finds nothing but cold death. As she is stabbed to death with a pool cue. <gasps> a cursed one. By a shadowy, sexless figure. Dun, dun, dun. Danny returns to the table and clears it winning a big pot and the reluctant but weighty respect of his opponent, Gil. The night is complete, as is the background for this episode's cursed item. Over at the Curious Goods Antique Shop, Jack and Ryan are ironically talking about a cursed pool cue, and that they've been searching for it for a while. Jack and Ryan decide to head out to look for a cursed snowshoe. Huh? I think it's probably snowshoes, plural. It would be silly if it was just one shoe. Some dude hopping around one cursed Some dude's got one cursed shoe. <laughs> Why is it so slow to walk in this cursed snowshoe? That's amazing. Leaving Mickey to mind the store. As Ryan and Jack leaves, Ryan mentions to Mickey that there'll be a dude named Johnny calling about the pool cue that we've been hunting. Just FYI. Okay, thanks, Ryan. Then we jet across town to our already introduced waitress, Jen, who is now trying on a wedding dress. Amazing! She's so beautiful! Jen and her also super 80s hot sister, Christy, are once again letting out Jen's wedding dress? Hmm, that's odd. Why would one need to let out a wedding dress? Again! For a lady that's already so small. Hmm, that's interesting. Hmm, why is that? That's not important right now. You see, Danny Boy, her boyfriend, the guy playing pool, he's been out of work for a while because of an accident. His back just isn't the same as it used to be, and pool has become his focus to make some money. Skrilla, the green, the stuff that makes the world go round. Sister Christy turns on the common sense problem machine and encourages Jen to find someone else, but she's tied to Danny Boy. Ah, uh, love. 
Later that day, Jen is preparing pictures for the upcoming wedding. You know, the wedding that's going to happen soon inside this episode. Not too long from now, inside the episode. But first, time for a little bit of vomiting. <laughs> ah, that's all right. It must have just been the pickles on the Dagwood sandwich she got at the deli down the street for lunch. Right? I'm sure it is. The next day, Danny Boy is cleaning up at the pool hall, making waves and attracting the eyes of another blonde beauty inside the audience. She curls her hair and will clearly be a new hat for Danny Boy worn later inside of this episode. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Back at the Curious Good Shop, Mickey takes a phone call for Ryan. <gasps> hey, it's Johnny. You know, the guy that Ryan was referring to previously inside this episode. He's found the pool cue. He shares that it's over at the Silver Dollar Pool Hall, and Mickey heads pool hallward. Danny Boy is now part of the semifinals, and soon the money he wins will allow he and Jen to get married and live happily ever after. Probably not. No, well, this is Friday the 13th, the series. I don't think that's going to happen. Mickey arrives at the Silver Dollar Pool Hall and has a conversation with Johnny, the dude that found the pool cue that Ryan was alluding to, you know, at the beginning of the episode, inside of the front end of the episode, so as to set up Johnny inside of this episode and, and I guess, other things, you know, uh... Let's uh, move on. Okay. Our newfound friend slash character, Johnny, then challenges Danny Boy to play pool. They begin, and Johnny's break is weak. Then Danny Boy takes over and misses after one shot? Damn it. Johnny then sprints to grab the pool cue and tries to run out of the silver dollar pool hall, but gets busted up by the bar's owner. Later that evening, Johnny hits on Mickey, who isn't interested, and cock-blocked. Inside the silver dollar pool hall, Jen's talking to Gil, the man who will be the best man at their pending wedding right awesome good to know but she ends up killing gil the guy that was supposed to be the best man at the wedding not because he's not good enough not because he's a caring dude just trying to share information to make her life better but because the pool cue needs blood and now the cue can propel danny boy and jen to the altar i love an episode with a female killer the next day, you know, over at the Canadian Healthcare Clinic, the rabbit died. Jen is apparently pregnant and then visits Danny Boy to share the news, except that she doesn't. What? what? I don't know. Doesn't make much difference anyway because Danny Boy is busy and has to catch up with her later at the Silver Dollar Pool Hall. What a great guy. Later at the Silver Dollar Pool Hall, Mickey's getting a waitress job. Amazing and super convenient. Mickey introduces herself to Jen and gets the nuts and bolts about the bar. Jen also shares that Danny and she will surely get married soon. Hey, let's go get some ice for tonight's festivities. Oh, wait a minute. Jen will be sure to get the ice. You know why? Because she has to go to the full-size freezer. You know, the one that holds the dead bodies she's murdered. Back on the pool hall floor, Danny Boy is clearing tables left and right and sinks the eight for the game. Danny Boy wins the trophy, the knight, and the girl. Drinks for everyone in the house courtesy of the bar's owner. 
Mickey sees her chance to get the pool cue. Unfortunately, she has to stop to serve. That's what happens when you have a job as a part of your cover identity. You got to keep a low profile. Hey, look at this. Danny Boy's got his eye on the blonde prize. As he stows his stick, he's obviously thinking about stowing his other stick somewhere as well later inside this episode. That's quite suggestive, Mike. Back at the Curious Good Shop, Mickey welcomes Johnny? He's hitting on her again and wants more information about the pool cue. And he will not let up. Mickey puts her foot down. Not only is she not interested in Johnny's sexual harassment, not only is she not interested in sharing more time with Johnny in general, she doesn't want Johnny involved in returning the cursed items to the vault. Once again, Jen and Christy are trying on the wedding dress. Yay for the wedding dress. Christy is once again on the common sense gas pedal, encouraging her to move on. Then Danny Boy shows up with flowers and Christy departs. Hmm. Apparently it's time to check out the tuxedo inside of the cool wedding magazines. But you know what? Danny's got different interests. Jen wants to talk about the wedding. Danny Boy, on the other hand, wants to focus on a different set of balls and stick. And lovemaking ensues. Back at the Silver Dollar Pool Hall, it's time to show Mickey how to close up the bar as Danny continues to practice. But it's all not working. Jen's all set for her and Danny Boy to head home. But you know what? Danny Boy's gonna stick around a while. Speaking of stick, it's time for Danny Boy to practice balls and sticks unbeknownst to Jen, with the blonde. Mickey sees her chance to collect the pool cue, but damn it! Jennifer takes it and sticks the pool cue in the cue rack. Later that evening, she and Mickey are the only two left inside the Silver Dollar Pool Hall. Jenny shares details of Danny's confidence problem, but with the impending wedding, everything will be just fine. Mickey wonders where Danny Boy found the pool cue, and you know what? Jen doesn't have any idea. What she does know is that the pool cue is their ticket to happiness and what they've always dreamed of. And the conversation goes south. As Jen is poised to skewer Mickey in the back with the cursed pool cue like a red-haired shrimp on the Barbie. Knocking on the door, Johnny shows up. He's knocking down the door and accidentally saves Mickey's life. Mickey is once again cock-blocking and Johnny will, at least, walk Mickey to her car. Mickey makes her way over to the rolls, the bends, and heads off while Johnny breaks into the silver dollar pool hall, injuring his hand terribly. You know, it's a good thing that bars have ice, though. Very good thing. Super convenient. Johnny collects the cues. He gets all of them. Now it's time to get some ice for this pulverized hand and accidentally finds a dead body in the freezer. Whoops. In the middle of the night over at the Curious Good Shop, it's Johnny again. He's got the cues, a pulverized hand, and also knowledge of a dead dude inside the freezer. Tell me what's going on. Rather than tending to Johnny's pulverized hand, Mickey tries to break all of the sticks. But they all break? You see, the one cursed pool cue that they're looking for cannot be broken. The one that they need isn't here. Mickey shares with Johnny that the pool cue is cursed. Cursed by the devil. And now, she and Johnny are poring over cutout news articles. Because 
Who doesn't have a whole bunch of cut-up news articles to pour through? Well, that would be all thanks to Jack Marshak, man of copious note-taking and newspaper article cutting out scissor action. <laughs> of course it is! Luckily for them, they stumble upon an article about a waitress who was accosted by a burglar and stabbed the burglar to death with a pool cue. And the picture associated with the article is Jennifer, but she was under a different name. That's how Jennifer found out the power of the pool cue. And Nick's brilliance. <laughs> Back inside of Jenny's wedding gown trying on layer, Jen calls Danny Boy and wants to tell him that I love you. That's it? That's all you're, that, that's, that's all you're doing? To, you're, you're doing that to call me in the middle of the that's night? That's all she's got, man. She's pregnant on hormones, all of it. And crazy. And crazy and murderous. You know, she has a lot to do tomorrow. And we'll bring this stick over to Danny Boy. You know, over to the Ruby. Another pool hall that is equally as Canadian awesome as the one that we've been previously looking at this entire episode. Because they're holding the championships there. Jen wants a family real soon. Hmm. Strange that Danny Boy is so tired when they're having their conversation. Why is it that he's so tired? Hmm. Danny Boy wants to sleep. Huh, maybe it's because he's tired from the entire night of lovemaking with the blonde. Fornicator! Johnny and Mickey get to Jenny's apartment and burgle the place. Like you do. Holy cow, it's the police! Clearly, the police want to know about the body that's been found inside the freezer inside of the silver dollar pool hall. We're assuming that's what the police want. Obviously that, and they won't ask any questions about finding Johnny inside of Jen's house. That's not important right now. Hey, I'm just visiting. I'm her uh, cousin. Uh, I was here cleaning the pipes. Uh. Over at Danny Boy's apartment, you know, where she's never supposed to come without calling first, she comes on over. Unfortunately, someone else is also coming at the apartment. Oh. You see, Danny Boy is banging <gasps> Jen's sister, Christy? Scandalous. Scandalous. Scandal and fornicating most foul. As she and her sister have a very strangely placed conversation, Jenny assembles the pool cue and kills her sister with the cursed pool cue right in front of Danny Boy. This is how I've been making it so you can win. You're gonna marry me, you bastard. I've been waiting too long. She forces a kiss with Danny Boy, and woo all aboard the train to Crazy Town. Two tickets, please. Back at the final tournament inside of the Ruby Pool Hall, Danny Boy is making his calls, sinking balls again, but he's not happy. No shit. Johnny and Mickey realize that the power of the queue is now gone, and that another killing is going to need to happen for him to begin winning again. They follow Danny Boy to see what will happen next. Over at Crazy Town Wedding Central, Jen is in full wedding regalia. Jen is ready to get married right now. And then it's time for a honeymoon. She grabs the cue and needs to kill someone else. Danny Boy isn't interested at all in the weddingness or the killing, but mostly the whole wedding thing. Johnny bursts into the room, and Jen cracks him on the noggin with the pool cue. He's out cold. He, too, is ready for a nap. Just then, Danny Boy grabs the pool cue and beats Jen, the soon-to-be wedding bride, to death with it. Or did he? 
Danny Boy takes the now apparently repowered cursed pool cue to the tournament inside the ruby pool hall and addresses the table. He breaks. And makes the first call. Two on the side. Done. In the corner. Unfortunately, out of the corner, like a nightmarish pool hall version of Carrie, Jen addresses the crowd and her love and father of her unborn baby and us, the audience, and says, You're not gonna win. And plunges a custom ordered on Sharper Image cake server into Danny Boy's chest multiple times, killing Danny Boy. Dead. Back at the Curious Good Shop, Ryan sees the pool cue, Mickey, and Johnny. And now Johnny knows what they do. Johnny says that, I want to help. And our intrepid trio thinks that perhaps it's time to recruit another team member. With a new potential team member in tow, a bandage on Johnny Boy's forehead, and the episode coming to crescendo, the item is... Recovered! Every episode of Friday the 13th has goods and bads. Right now, it's time to focus on the good. Unorthodox storytelling. Wow. This is what I want to see inside of every single episode. Yeah, yeah. We got a lot of twists and turns here. Not only is the story good, Mm -hmm. not only are the twists and turns good, Mm -hmm. but the formation of the episode and everything that happens in it, it all fosters everything that you've seen before. Right, right. There was never a time where we're given something where it kind of feels out of place or why was this put here? And the answer is because reasons. We don't have any of that. Yeah. And I, I again, I, I of the many unorthodox pieces, one, making Jen the killer rather than just another dude who's out to get a piece of ass and whatever he wants because he's got a pool cue in his hand. I love right, that. Right, yeah. You would automatically assume that it would be the guy. Oh, yeah. You know, holding the cue and, mm-hmm. and knowing what the curse is and, yeah. and the, the flipping of the script where it's the girlfriend slash fiancé doing all the killing to make her boyfriend slash fiance be a winner and be more confident so that he'll marry me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is something I know we actually didn't get to it in the preamble. We talked about it before we even started recording today, but something I wanted to make sure we talked about was while this episode has the title and word wedding in it, not only was this as you were talking about, uh, a palate cleanser. A palate cleanser. Oh, yes. After the last episode that contained the word wedding. Yeah. Th- this one is a definitive usage of the word wedding that I'm good with after having seen it. Well, right. It makes sense. Uh, I, I still do believe that there could have been a better episode title for this. Yes. Uh, the get to the point, the stick, all of that, the queuing in on things. Rack them up. Something. It's something that could have been more more billions behind the eight ball. Yeah, something more straightforward like that that we didn't get inside this episode that I think would have been appreciated, but then even been more of a distancing of what was previously shared inside of the run of the episodes inside this season. Mm. Uh, anyway, unorthodox storytelling inside of this, totally appreciated, and it's not just this series. Anytime that you see anything that is that has that that Twilight Zone esque. You know, Altered Carbon, all of the other shows that have come in the many years since the Twilight Zone was around. Right. 
I love it when they're able to drift in that direction because mm-hmm. it instantly adds something more than just this is a cursed item. It's more than and deeper than that. And the unorthodox storytelling fosters all of that. The item's simplicity. There's the pool cue. You kill with the pool cue. You get awesome magical powers in the pool cue until it runs out. Right. It don't, it don't it don't get much simpler yeah. than that, folks. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. I, what I also enjoyed is that they they took the time to make the pool cue look awesome. Mm. And you would think that as awesome as it looked, maybe Johnny mentions or notices that that's the pool cue that's being used and not one of the other plain two-tone brown ones that he... <laughs> that he jacks out of the place. Well, I mean, it looks nice, but it's still very nondescript. The only thing that you really th- that really shows that it's a different type of pool cue is the weird, wacky, demonic emblem. symbol yeah. emblem thing down there uh, towards the bottom. Yeah, I, I just think that somebody that was looking for a specific pool cue that somebody could like how how do you how uh, put put yourself in my position where we have to stop and think what Ryan would have said to Johnny. To be on the lookout for a pool cue. Yeah. Now, now look yeah. out for a pool cue that looks like every other pool cue, <laughs> except that a dude is winning all the time with it. Right. Except think, that Johnny doesn't. I think or, uh, Danny Boy like doesn't. Ebony Black. Yeah. Or... Well, see, I thought that it was. I, I thought that no, it no, it's different. it's it was it, it just it, the emblem. Yeah. Well, okay. the emblem was red, but okay. it 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 literally, it literally looked like every other pool cue. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, all I right. think I think maybe maybe all something right. that would have added to the episode would have been making it like really stand out. Yeah. But but again, it doesn't detract from the episode. Yeah. No, it or it, the it, storytelling no, at all. Not at all. In fact, maybe maybe it would have been better if it was a nondescript cue that only had a black tip or Right. Well, I mean, you, that's when, that's when why you, when Johnny breaks into the the pool hall, he has to steal all of them because he doesn't know which, which one. one it yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. I think something else to remember the two and again, it's not a detractor, but usually people that are high profile pool players They've got a cue. It's oh, yeah. not just something that's jacked off the rack. Well, and we even saw it in the episode. Mm-hmm. Danny Boy has a cue a, that you a, assemble. A, a, yeah, but he, but he has the box. Yeah, he has the case. Yeah, but he doesn't put it in the case all the time. And all of the professional pool players that I know, I mean, who who really are serious about pool. Yeah, as soon as they're done. It goes back in the Disassembled case. Disassembled it in the case. Yeah. Exactly. It, it's funny that you mentioned this, and I, I, I can remember a pool player when I was eight, nine, and ten years old mm. that played pool at the clubhouse inside of the, I'm going to say recplex, but that's a new word, but it was the, the rec center, the, the clubhouse. Mm-hmm. That was a part of the apartment complex that I lived in, had a pool outside, it was a giant lake, and I remember the guy that played pool, they called him the Rhode Island Red. <laughs> and it was earned. Yeah. The guy had a cue stick. I my mom got me one that was I don't know where she got it. And it was cool. It had a brown case and it was cool and had a red a red wrapped handle. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was very cool. And it was mine. It wasn't anything nearly as cool as Rhode Island Reds though. And mm-hmm. the other thing that was missing from me was any skill set skill. at all. <laughs> but I'm not kidding. This guy would clear table. Just yeah. whatever you needed done, however you needed done, you would point at shit and he would just sink everything. And it, it was amazing to see that level of skill. I, I still to this day am not that great a pool player. I understand all the concepts. I understand the geometries that are involved. Yeah. I even understand some of the mechanics of the betting games inside of what happens with playing pool. But I am not the pool player, like at all. And so it's it's fun to watch p- 
people that really do know what they're doing to watch the little picadillos that they have and the little things that have to be done and done in place and yeah. in time so that they have their mojo. And there's a lot of that showcased inside this episode as well. I'm not very good at pool when I'm sober, and I think I'm okay at pool <laughs> when I've had a couple of drinks. So, so you're a you're a liquidated pool. pool yeah, that's master. that's me, okay. the liquidator. Mickey's real solo. Can we just forget about the episode where she babysits and she's got the solo episode? Because that one sucked. That one wasn't a great episode. Yeah. It was very Home Alone. Yeah. Very circumstantial. Like, oh, just so happens that this night when Jack and Ryan are gone in a horrible storm, you're also going to have to babysit <laughs> this kid from down the street. And then bad guys show up because they want their cursed lantern back. Yeah. And then there's lots of dead bodies. Yet by morning, all the dead bodies are gone. The cops have left. Jack and Ryan come back. And the ending of that episode was literally one of those Mentos moments yeah. where Mickey is like, oh, nothing happened last night. Just hung around the house. You know, wink. And, 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 and we're just like, right. wow, that was, what? I hated that. I, I, I don't remember what I rated that episode, but if we put the, that one and this one on a scale, uh, there's no question. This is this is hands down the best Mickey solo episode that we've seen to date inside the right. show. And even though she had some help from Johnny, this still, I, I consider, because it doesn't have Ryan or Jack mm -hmm. during the meat of it. Mm -hmm. They're there for the beginning. They're there for the end. Mm -hmm. But this is Mickey. So and, and, and this actually shows how resourceful Mickey can actually be on her own. Those are the goods we found inside this episode. What did you think about this episode? What was good? Let us know what you think by going over to our website. That's CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Fill out the quick web form and tell us what you thought was good inside this episode. Every episode of Friday the 13th, the series has its goods and its bads. We've covered the goods. Now let's take a look at some of the not-so-goods. You only get one chance to make a first impression. Mm. Mm. For anybody who does not know the history of the show, the three seasons of the show. Including me. Including including Mike. Johnny, who who's only named Johnny. He, he, we weren't revealed his final name. His last name is actually Ventura. Johnny Ventura. Mm. Johnny will become a reoccurring character starting now. He won't be in every single episode in the remaining ones of season two, mm -hmm. but he's going to be in a lot of season three, and that's mm. all I'm going to leave it at for anybody right. who does not is is following the show along with us. Got it. And I got to tell you, not a great character this first time out because all he seems interested in is is getting into Mickey's pants. Yeah, I, I until you mentioned something that uh, ancillary. I thought that, that was that that's what he was here to do. He was just some dude that was gonna bug Mickey all episode right. to, to hey, come on, let me take you out to dinner and right. then bada boom, bada bing. Right. Once again it's time for Mickey to cock block. Got it. Okay, no problem. Let's yeah. move on. Yeah, this And it's more than that. No, it, it is more than that. Okay. This is this is actually a very significant episode because if we were talking about it in comic book terms, mm -hmm. this is the first appearance of Johnny Ventura. So this episode would be worth a lot of money, if it were comic book form, to all those Johnny Ventura fans. <laughs> and not quite the Wolverine appearance inside of Hulk 181. <laughs> True. No, it's not. It's, it's okay. nothing like that. <laughs> no. Uh, unless not. you were a huge Johnny Ventura fan. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not going to you know, knock Johnny anybody. 
And I gotta say, I'm hoping that this character evolves real fast. Yeah. Because if I have to put up with more episodes where it's, all right, we're looking for a cursed item. Boy, you smell good. Yeah. Let's uh, let's duck off back here. In the broom room. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I get it. We, I'm done with that. We we finally have a character that could hook up with Mickey because we all know that because Ryan and Mickey are cousins they're not doing it even though it's cousins by marriage guys that there is no blood it, it's not illegal even well, uh, in canada fine moving on <laughs> you uptight square bottom line though for johnny clean up your act man because oh, yeah. i, I want to be able to like you mm-hmm. but right now i really don't care great could this episode have been longer Without question, yes. I, I and I think a little bit longer would have would have helped. Not necessarily saying it needed to be a two parter, but maybe if like cable shows nowadays don't have the constraint of having to be forty two to forty four minutes long. Mm-hmm. If we could have had a fifty five minute long episode, yeah. we might have gotten a little bit more insight into some of the characters, mm-hmm. into some of the backstory of hell, Johnny, the pool cue. Uh, maybe even a little bit more in depth into Danny Boy because mm-hmm. he's a very two dimensional character, and I understand he doesn't need to be any more than the two dimensional character. Maybe even the scope of tournament play, like yeah, we, we never get to see a board, and I'm not telling you that you know audiences needed to see a board. But well, true. I'll tell you, inside a Karate Kid, I, I know nothing about how karate tournaments work, mm. but the mechanics of the Karate Kid were easily propelled. By that final board set. Right, because you could understand what's going on. Yeah, at least. Yeah. yeah. You literally can look at it and go, oh, got it. When I think about episodic television shows and and pool, there's always an episode that comes to my mind, and, and we've talked about it a lot on this show, Quantum Leap. Yes. There's a great episode yeah. where Sam jumps into the body of a, a, a pool hall regular mm-hmm. who used to be like the master. And I, I can't remember the details of the actual episode of like why did Sam have to make sure that this guy won this particular tournament, but I remember they because Sam's a scientist, so it's all about geometry. But even because it's geometry, you can't you can't always just say all right. So because I know geometry, I can do this. So he had Al use the the remote to be able to show you this is exactly where you hit. And then the balls go where you need to go. I think something more expansive, like understanding the tournament rules, like maybe if there were some more stakes involved, like if Johnny doesn't win this money, sure, it means he's not going to marry Jen, but he doesn't care about that. What does he really care about? Is there a loan shark after him? Or something like that. Like I yeah. said, I think I think another 10 minutes yeah. could have added to the enjoyment of the storytelling including why is Jen so nutty? Yeah. This is one thing that got glossed over real quick. I agree. It doesn't really detract from the episode, Mm -hmm. but one of the things we love talking about on this show is how in-depth they make their villains well, in the good episodes, how in-depth their villains are. Because mm-hmm. it's never just the, I want money, I want fame. There's always something behind it in the good episodes. And in this one, we never got that, why is Jin so desperate to have Danny Boy's love 
and the marriage and everything. And we're getting all of this stuff before we find out that she's pregnant. Mm -hmm. I feel like if we would have taken one of the two sister conversations, Mm -hmm. you know, before we found out that she was banging Danny boy, Mm -hmm. and instead of using it, oh, Danny's no good for you, and used it as a conversation of why Jen is so for lack of a better term, needy. Mm-hmm. And and I, I don't mean to belittle any women out there that have felt this way in a relationship. This is a bad relationship. Mm-hmm. It was a very bad relationship. Oh, this yeah. is totally codependent, and you shouldn't be in a codependent relationship. Right. Ladies, for the, for if you are, you, get out now. For those of you planning murder with a pool cue because of the relationship you have, time to get out. Yeah, do, yeah. put <laughs> the pool sure. cue down and just leave. <laughs> put the pool cue down. And I feel like if we would have talked about that and gotten to know Jen just a little bit better, yeah. I think it would have I, enhanced the episode. I, I totally agree with that because it, the, the word stakes is the wrong word, but it, it would have given us reason that we care at all about Jen, except that she's kind of the put-on girl figure in the yeah. story. It would have been more. I, I agree with that, and I definitely would have liked to had more backstory. And you're right, that extra 10 minutes-ish could have at least filled in, even if it was just a couple lines of dialogue with the sister, where mm. the sisters can talk about how... Maybe the, their father treated their what, mother yeah. like that, you know, yeah, something what, like that. It would have been great if mom could have found a guy that, blah. Mm. And that's what Jen says, and then Christy says, you know, Danny Boy is not a guy that we would want our mom dating or something. I, I, I'm not entirely sure how that would work. But something is of a mechanics conversation that could have been very short inside of any one of the the <laughs> meeting inside the the wedding the wedding gown. We're going to try on the wedding dress again. Yeah. That's the only reason to bring the sister in. <laughs> well, okay, and the other reason. Well, and then because she's boinking Danny boy. <laughs> right, right. Anyway, I I too would have liked a, a little bit more filler, so to speak. Well, those are the things that we thought it needed a little work in this episode. But we want to know what you thought could have used a little spit and polish inside this episode of Friday the 13th, the series. Head on over to our website at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com, fill out the web form, and let us know. Good God, it's a long episode, but totally worthy here inside the Curious Goods Podcast. Our breakdown of Season 2, Episode 22. Wedding Bell Blues. It's time to go polish pool cues. We'll be right back. Thought about a career in voiceover? Need a great, cost-effective on-hold message for your organization or business? Don't know where to start? Check out The Voice Farm, your one-stop shop for voiceover needs. Check it out now by accessing The Voice Farm at voicefarmers.com and see what difference can be made with a company that is truly outside the box. From The Voice Box, voicefarmers.com. That's voicefarmers.com. Make your podcast soar with the Editor Core. Editing podcasts can be, ugh, rough. Everyone knows that you'll spend at least double the time you use creating the podcast when editing it. Then there's the control freak factor and the gotta get it right the first time. Well, it's time to shove all that out the door and make your podcast soar with the Editor Core. The Editor Core is a talented, experienced team of podcast editors that have edited tens of thousands of hours of podcast content, and they're ready for yours now. Check out EditorCore.com because it's time to make your podcast soar. EditorCore.com. That's EditorCore.com. 
Wouldn't it be cool if your advertising could last forever? It can. With perpetual advertising, here's how it works. Magazine, radio, and television ads are efforts that people might see or hear once, and then they're lost forever. Perpetual advertising provides you with the chance for repeat exposure and replayability weeks, months, even years after it's originally inserted inside a podcast. So even if your advertising is included in a podcast years ago, those efforts are still impactful, providing you with true return on investment, real impact, thanks to perpetual advertising. Are you ready to change the way you and your company or organization advertises? Find out more and launch a unique perpetual advertising effort now by visiting twoguystalking.com forward slash sponsors. Everyone, welcome back to the Curious Goods Podcast, a retelling, a revisit, and complete educational detailing of each and every episode of Friday the 13th, the series. This time, it's our review of Season 2, Episode 22, Wedding Bell Blues. Every time we come back from break, it's time for Nick and I to share our manifest moments. A manifest moment is where Nick and I find either an actor's portrayal, a storytelling element that moved us this way or that, or something else that tripped our collective review night fantastic. Nick, what have you got? Well, my manifest moment for this episode has got to be some starstruckness. Mm. We actually have some uh, some decent-sized names Great. before they were famous, I would say. <laughs> oh, totally before. Uh, in this episode, uh, playing Danny Boy, we have Louis Ferreira, mm-hmm. who has been in a lot of stuff. Yeah. Some of the things that I remember seeing him in uh, personally that I enjoyed, Stargate Universe. Mm-hmm. Big fan of that. Uh, he's in the opening scene of uh, Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead remake. Mm. One of the first people killed. Mm. And does a wonderful job dying. Getting killed. Awesome. And being a zombie. <laughs> uh, we also have Lolita Davidovich. Dude. Wow. Dude. I don't think there's ever been a time where she has never looked absolutely stunning. And it was it was great to see two pretty well-known actors nowadays back when they were just doing a, a little bit part on a on a TV show up in Canada. Yeah. I love it when we watch the these this old show. And these actors that we know is like, oh, I know that guy, or oh, I recognize her. I love it when we can have those moments. And also, uh, strangely enough, the guy who uh, ran the Silver Dollar uh, Pool Hall, Gary Farmer, also another great character actor. I love it when we can we when we can watch these shows and just go, oh, wow, he did an episode of this, or wow, she was really good in this. I never knew she was in this show. And that is my manifest moment. That's a great manifest moment for this one. Mine clearly has to be stunning us with that it's her that is the murderer and not Danny Boy. You know, we, we've already talked about it a little bit, but I wanted to make sure we emphasize that typically inside of an episode like this, it's going to be, okay, got the item, got it. Okay. Oh, it's a man again. Okay. Well, that makes sense. And oh, it's a man getting what he wants. Okay. Check, check, and check. Right. Not in this episode. Yeah. And I really appreciated that they were able to, to, to put that under the veil, so to speak, and then start filling in backwards. That goes back to that unorthodox storytelling that I was talking about. Yeah. But the scene with which they show that first killing really is my manifest moment where you don't know. You do not know. Yeah. And what you see inside that episode, especially the skewering and then the, the lifting up part, 
I thought it was wonderfully done. Even just a few seconds before that, the way that it's set up is beautiful because Sally, the other waitress, walks back, notices somebody in the shadows, and doesn't scream like, oh, my God, who are you? What are you doing here? It's, oh, Familiar. oh what are you doing back here? Yeah. A, she knows who they are. Mm-hmm. B, she's not afraid that they're back there. Mm-hmm. So it's got to be somebody close. And then C, <laughs> skewered right through with the pool cue. And then it's one-handed. Yeah. One. So you're thinking, is this because it's it's a man and mm-hmm. he's really, really strong? And I mean, that'd have to be a real strong guy just to do that one-handed. But I mean, of course, it's... It's the curse, the, devil, right. the yeah. devil. It paints the who done it picture wonderfully, so that by halfway through the episode, when it's revealed that it's Jen, we're genuinely surprised. Yeah, I, I, I love it. Yeah, I, I, it's a great a, manifesto. None of I love that. It, it it fosters the storytelling and propels the episode because I I don't have it nearly as much as you do, but like you're like okay, so the male kills people. Got it. Okay. <laughs> okay, I, I don't do that in general, but I love that it's even twisted on its end, so I couldn't do that. Right, right. And I love that a lot. That's where we ask you guys, what was your manifest moment inside this episode? Let us know what you think by going over to our website, CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Fill out that quick web form and tell us, what was your manifest moment? Vocabulary. Mmm. Vocabulary. It makes the world and Mike and Nick's brain go round. We've got a couple to share inside this episode. The first one, thanks to the Super Google's internet tubes. Call shot. Call shot. A very interesting terminology that refers to a game rule requiring the shooter to indicate the ball to be pocketed, the pocket it is to be made in, and all cushions in between. Yeah. This is a very interesting process inside of pool play, mm-hmm. but it's even more interesting when you can see people do it because you suddenly well, yeah. realize that, guys, this is not just where you grab a stick and you put balls in front of you and you smash them as hard as you can and shit happens. It is science, mm-hmm. and there is skill that's involved where it's funny that you brought up the that episode of Quantum Leap because something that's really interesting is like, oh, well, you just hit the ball here and it'll all go in. Well, no, it won't. That's not how pool works. For anybody that's picked up a pool cue, there are reasonably straightforward shots, but then there's also shots that really do take technique. Yeah. yeah. Especially to then set up the next shot, Mm -hmm. which. And that's probably the most difficult thing about pool is not just getting the ball that you want in the hole, but setting up your next shot. Yeah. And what I what I never realized probably until I was in my 20s is that not only is it about setting up your next shot, it's about knowing that if you think you can't make the next shot, you have to make sure that the lie that where you leave the cue ball is ultra crappy for your (laughs) opponent. Exactly. So, see, there's a there's a whole lot of science and mechanics that Mm -hmm. have absolutely nothing to do with the actual act of grabbing a cue and pushing it through, but rather thinking of and knowing how things are going to land based on what how you're uh, impacting the cue, the ball, and everything else on the table. I think that's what a lot of people just don't know or care about inside of billiards and why it is really, you know, it, it's an upper-level skill set mm-hmm, that yeah. in the right environment can net you a lot of cash. It can. I've, I've seen it. I spent... A decade and a half working overnights, doing security in a nightclub in East St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And when you get off work, there's only one place that's open, and that's Pops. 
and people love playing pool over there. Now, of course, me and my friends and coworkers, we're not good at pool, but we'll do it to pass the time. So mm-hmm. we're just doing it to have fun. Right. But then that table right next to us, you're watching guys who are taking every single rule so seriously. I've actually seen a lot of fights yeah. break out because either somebody was cheating at yeah. pool or somebody didn't follow a specific rule that the other player thought that they should have been following. Me and my friends, we just play, we played dirty pool. It's right. like, okay, so make the balls, it's like, okay, I'm stripes, you're solids, yeah. and those are what we're going to go after. Right. I'm not going to call any shots. Sometimes we did. Like I said, when we've had a couple of drinks and we think we know what we're doing, we're pulled up. <laughs> yeah, okay, so uh, liquidator. The, uh, the liquidator's going to uh, uh, the the stripey ball in the corner pocket. Stripey ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very very interesting. Anyway, call shot. Uh, our first great vocabulary word inside this vocabulary segment. Our second vocabulary offering is dog the nine. Aha, dog the nine. Now, this is where in nine ball, you see, you've got a simple shot on the nine, but then you miss it because of the pressure. The pressure. Who loves the pressure in billiards? I know I don't. I know that Jen doesn't care for it. Nope. Not at all. This can apply to any shot, of course, as in... Joe dogged it. So dogging the nine. Not fun. That's where we ask you, what kind of vocabulary do you know about either billiards or... Wedding murder or whatever else trips your trigger for this episode. What do you know about sister killing? (laughs) Ah, sibling murder. Got it. Okay. Sister killing. (laughs) Be sure to go to our website over at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Fill out the quick web form and tell us all about your vocabulary brilliance. Ah, the rating inside of the Curious Goods podcast. The scale works thusly. A 10 is on top of the heap. Sink in the 8 ball on the break, which indicates an automatic win for the player breaking. A 1 is on the bottom of the scale. Ripping up the pool table carpet material because you're an idiot when you shoot. Everything starts at a 7 for an average. The numbers go up with positives. The numbers go down with negatives. And Nick... There are no halvesies. Nick, what have you got? As you mentioned earlier, when we were talking before the episode, we started recording the episode, when thinking of our previous episode, <laughs> wedding, in, wedding in Black, Wedding Bell Blues was one hell of a palate cleanser. Oh, yeah. And the, the strange thing is, is that on all of our social media, when we posted the review for Wedding in Black, there were a lot of people, actually most of the people, we're saying that it was one of their favorite episodes. Mm-hmm. And I'm waiting for some some quid pro quo cuz I would love to hear from our listeners and tell me why you thought that that episode which we both thought was extremely subpar, mm-hmm. why you thought it was so great. Yeah. And we're serious. We want to hear it. Oh, totally. There's no question. I don't need to hear why this episode was good because <laughs> this episode was good. Was it really? If it not, was. if not I know a podcast where you can That's right. Can learn the, about the, this was this was a, a really great episode. I don't know which was more entertaining watching the episode or doing the retell of the episode (laughs) because they were both fun oh yeah so for me i'm definitely going to give this episode a nice solid eight 
I was expecting a bigger number from you on this one, mm. uh, but I, I've got to tell you that if the measure of uh, an average is seven, where we go, yep, you want to watch this one. Well, I'm telling you, this is one I want everybody to watch. Mm, okay. In particular, if I was going to share the series with somebody, I would go, you know, a great one to start with is this one right here. The, the undoubtedly clear item that you accidentally get to meet all of the cast... Yeah, that but the storytelling is so completely unorthodox. If this was if this the, was in a grouping of episodes of, hey, you want to know this this show? Here are these five episodes. This mm-hmm. might be one of the five. I definitely wouldn't start somebody out with this because they don't get to know Jack or Ryan. Okay, the starting out with, I guess, is a new wrinkle I hadn't considered. So Man. I understand. Okay, all right. So well, then that'll that'll temper my chemistry set goings on here. That's fine. A well-rounded episode. Mm-hmm. All of the acting is tremendous. The item is tremendous. This is a, a wonderful entry for this program, bar none. And I give this episode a nine. That's where we ask you guys, what did you think of this episode? Season two, episode 22. Wedding Bell Blues. Go on over to our website over at CuriousKidsPodcast.com. Fill out the quick web form and let us know what you think. Oh my, what an entertaining episode of the Curious Kids podcast. Mm-hmm. Nick, you know what? That was taxing for me, and I need to I need to let loose a little bit. A little unwinding? I, I think so. And you know, it's strange, but I don't think we've ever shared the actual physical makeup of the two guys talking West studio in Lake St. Louis. No, no, I you don't see, think we have. It, yeah, in addition to all of the microphones and studio level equipment that we have, we've also got a competition-ready, appropriately sized pool table with cues in a rack balls galore and chalk at the ready how about that yep yep great way to unwind after podcasting all right rack them up i'll tell you what i'm gonna break this first one cool okay yeah fine hey can you uh can you hand me the chalk over there in the corner of the table quick why can't you get it i I don't know reasons oh well in that case of course sure no problem i'll grab the chalk for you yeah thanks for getting my chalk Where did the listeners never turn your back on a man with a cursed pool cue? Good advice. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Curious Goods Podcast. We are always interested in learning what you remember about these enchanted items and their tales of reacquisition. Connect with us immediately at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com to share your treasured information. Until the next artifact reveals itself, the vault is now closed. Can't even follow your number one rule. Silence your cell phone says the magical sign. I'm Mike Wilkerson. I'm above the rules. I'm above the rules. I wrote the I rules so I can, do, I can do whatever I want. I'm an OG podcaster. The I rules be, don't I apply to me. I my phone on, motherfuckers. Okay.